0: You're listening to the Fighting Irish Faithful Show, where we talk about Notre Dame football because, quite frankly, it's awesome. Episode 7, we're going to recap the Notre Dame versus Duke game. We're going to compare Notre Dame's home opener of 2020 to past Brian Kelly home openers, and we're going to give a little preview about our upcoming ferocious opponent, the South Florida Bulls. So here we go. Strap them in, pour yourself a drink, and let's go, Irish. Three wide receivers right. They're going to go for two. Back to throw. Walsh, looks, looks, looks. Has the time. Lost the ball. The pass is. Spend it down. Get right Olsen Close, open receiver in the end zone, touchdown, Notre Dame, somehow, the Irish did it! Out of the pack, 30, 35, goodbye baby, at the 50, the 40, the 30, the 20, the 10, fire, fire, rocket, touchdown, Irish! Zimikowski looking for a block, touch to the right, to the 40, gets a block, gets to the 45, 50, up to the 45, 40, 30, one man to beat, 20, 15, 10, he's done to the 5, touchdown Irish! what is going on fighting irish faithful welcome back to episode seven notre dame is one and oh take that coronavirus take that big 10 and your shenanigans oh my goodness this is amazing notre dame is undefeated one and oh over duke yay a basketball school yay and also a smart school so hey uh, respect anyway um Thank you, everyone, for joining us tonight. Uh, Trying to get this out to you earlier so uh, you can listen to this, hopefully, Thursday morning. Uh, It's Wednesday night, Thursday morning for your commute to work or Friday um, if you're really tailgating early or Saturday before your tailgate. Hey, happy to be with you. Thank you for everyone. The show has eclipsed 20 followers on twitter we're up to 23 thank you everyone this week who followed me appreciate it per the stats i get from spotify i have a new follower in france so uh if i could speak french i would be totally uh doing a little french thing right now but that's not gonna happen so (laughs) anyway um, thank you, everyone, for joining us. Let's get into it. So tonight's episode, because we won, we're gonna. I figured we'd do something really nice. Uh, we're gonna do with a uh, Bunnahabhain single malt Scotch whiskey. This is one of the distilleries from the island of Islay which is just north of Northern Ireland off the west coast of Scotland. Uh, It's a little peaty. It's delicious. It's amazing. Um, I've actually been to Isla, but that's a story for another time. All right. So Notre Dame beat Duke, and it was not a pretty game. I won't sugarcoat this. The offense came out flat. Um, but the defense looked awesome. Um, that's kind of the, the general consensus I'm, I'm getting from the Twitterati. Um, there's some people who are saying, hey, just relax. There's COVID. And, you know, we've got it's the first game of the year. They're allowed a little bit of rust. You know, what? Clemson didn't look that rusty. And they had some of their players who didn't even travel for the game. So, you know, w- what do you want? Right. And I think that's a lot of the construct here of this game. Everyone is naturally looking past Duke. They're looking down the schedule and they see Clemson in November and they're saying, this is the game. This is the one. It's been circled. It's been highlighted. You got red pen. You know, you've thrown glitter around it. It is the game. So we're naturally comparing ourselves to that team. Plus, they're currently ranked number one. In all the polls so uh there you go except Sagarin Sagarin still has Ohio State as number one how is that possible they haven't played a game and I know the Big Ten just announced right now if you're you're really on your feet if you're a Purdue fan if you're you know uh uh, someone of the island eye uh there's waiting for your island eye football do they even call them the island eye anymore i don't know but anyway the uh big 10 announced this week that they are going to start in october an eight game stretch so i'm assuming that uh the accountants came forward and knocked on the door and said, hey, we're losing recruits. We're losing money. And uh, Notre Dame had over 4 million views last week because no one wanted to watch uh, Ohio State drub uh, Little Sisters of the Poor up in northern Michigan. So there you go. Um, but back to the Notre Dame versus Duke game. Um, Notre Dame's did start out slow and then clearly exerted some sort of dominance as the game went on. And um, I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing there have been games in the past. Look back to the worst season, 2016. Let's let's just peel off the band-aid and just dig into the scar here. Notre Dame started many of those games in 2016 with Deshaun Kaiser very well. They started out fast. They were on script. They scored their first possession. And then we ended up losing, and we went 4-8. and eight. So I'm not saying that, oh, in order to have a good season, you have to start off bad. No, that's not what I'm saying. But just because you start off slow, that doesn't doesn't mean that we go jumping off a cliff and start handing our, our phones, uh, you know, on eBay or something. OK, in the post game press conference, Brian Kelly seemed to be almost making excuses. All right. I know there's a lot of coach speak and I told myself, oh, don't listen to this. But now I'm running a podcast. so Now, maybe I kind of have to for all of you people out there who actually do listen to the press conferences. Hey, that's OK. You know, hey, you do you. All right, but I, so I started listening to it as well, and he was making excuses. You know, I don't know if he actually used the term "rusty," but uh, that would be, a, I think, an accurate description of the team in this last game. But he did use the expression, "Well, we didn't play spring ball," and and so he's kind of using this excuse as the reason why the offense didn't flow. I take umbrage of that, and I've listened to other podcasts as well, and they have the same opinion. You have a starting quarterback who is in his third season. He should not be rusty. You have an offensive line where everybody is returning. You've got grad students. You've got seniors on there. Okay, your your least experienced guy is your center, your junior, right? Okay, there is no reason why your offensive line and your Ian Book should be able to kick back in the pocket against inferior talent that Duke has and just... Find a receiver that's open, okay? Maybe the receiver's coach is trash. I don't know. But that seems like a cop-out excuse of why we had poor performance, why the offense seemed so so rusty as we started the game. One thing I started this year, which I haven't ever done, is while the game was going on, I was taking notes, kind of like a good student here in school. And I went quarter one, quarter two, quarter three, quarter four, and I got the score and and the different... uh, possessions of each of our team versus Duke, and I'm going to run through some of my emotional reactions of the game. Kickoff, JOK, monster hit on kickoff. Kyle Hamilton, three tackles, one breakup on Duke's first drive. Chris Tyree, 38-yard return. I think that was after uh, Duke had their first field goal. Isaiah Pryor, monster hit on a punt. Lights out, bitch. Take that. (laughs) Oh, sidebar. When I was in college, um, this was, of course, at Gonzaga University, and this is when Tyrone Willingham was our coach. I remember uh, being very passionate as a freshman in college, and in my co-ed dorm, there uh, there were some girls that lived above us. And I was watching, apparently, uh, one of my friends, she said, hey, I could hear you while you're watching the game and i'm like oh really what'd you hear and she, her response was lights out bitch so apparently i've been saying that for years so um bo bauer almost had an interception uh no protection at all oh here's a good one. Third and 20 we throw a 10 yard pass to the tight end i uh bring that down to bad play calling fourth and eight fake punt we look much better why is kyrene williams hat keep coming off Did anyone notice that his helmet kept coming off like Denard Robinson. Do you remember when his shoes kept coming off? They kept calling him shoelaces because he didn't tie his shoelaces. Do we have that with Kyrene Williams? Should we expect that his helmet comes off? Maybe that's one way he gets tired. He takes his helmet off. So he has to go to the sideline and then Chris Tyree comes in and kicks ass and dominates. I don't know. Book dodging traffic. And then he does a goofy chess pass. Does anyone remember that in the second quarter? do our receivers suck at getting open book looks so frantic and so uncomfortable many times he also missed a wide open pass i think to avery davis as well but that's that's something else why the f does book not throw downfield he's very good at the short stuff he does a good shovel pass his chest pass needs some work but man he does not throw downfield maybe they're not open who knows oh my gosh when Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa stripped the ball, he came in with a club. Great play. We recovered recovered the fumble, but then Kyle Hamilton on that same play got really nasty, rolled up. Oh my gosh, I was freaking out. Who was not freaking out when they saw that? My favorite player, going down with an injury out the rest of the game. If Kyle Hamilton is not 100% He should not be playing in South Florida. We need him for the rest of the season. Do not play him. Do not force him. We we are a 25 and a half point favorite over South Florida. He shouldn't play. But let's not talk about South Florida right now. Kyrene Williams scores on a power run on fourth down from the end zone. Hashtag RTDB. Hell yes. We heard Trooper, Trooper, Iron Maiden, tonight's... Opening song, whoever is doing the music in the stadium, I heard it from my TV watching. I texted my cousin. He's at the game. He's sitting in the South Western corner, southern su- southern end of the end zone, kind of uh, five rows up. He said he confirmed that Trooper by Iron Maiden was played in the stadium. Whoever is running the music and the sound and the environment, whatever over the PA in Notre Dame Stadium, thank you for playing Iron Maiden, my second favorite band of all time. The toast this week goes off to that person, that dude, that gal, whoever you are, keep it up. Let's get some, uh, some maybe some Slayer next, maybe some DMX. I, I don't know. Just keep that energy going. That is why tonight's opening, I had something else planned. But then as soon as I heard that on Saturday, no, no, no. This, this podcast, we're changing it to Trooper. So cheers to that person. Mike Mayer, who is not impressed with Mike Mayer? That guy is like channeling some sort of spirit of John Carlson. I watched that guy play. Oh my gosh, first catch, amazing, love it. We win 27-13, a couple field goals from door, three touchdowns, I mean, we won, all right? Be happy, all right? It's the first game of the year and we'll talk more about that. One thing that was interesting before the game, it was announced that Brian Kelly got his contract extended through 2024. Uh, most likely, I can imagine that Brian Kelly will retire after t- 2024. That'll be about 15 years with Notre Dame if he stays this that whole time, if he doesn't get picked up by someone else or he doesn't fall flat on his face and gets fired. I highly doubt Jack Swarbrick would do that because I don't think he has the courage to do that. But that's something else. The last time... Brian Kelly got a contract extension it was right around the opening of the 2016 season. 2016, our record was four and eight. I really hope this is not some sort of crappy ass omen. We started off slow and crappy versus Duke. Eventually we won. There was the game was never in doubt. I don't think this is an open. I'm not jinxing the season here, but I think that's something you go, hmm. So why, Captain Jack? Why, Jack Swarbrick? Why did you extend Brian Kelly's contract through 2024? What evidence, what body of evidence do you have, other than a 71% win percentage, but zero bowl wins, zero national titles, zero wins in the playoffs? Is he a good recruiter? Yes. Has he done good things? Yes. Is he a good coach? Yes. But what has he done to meet my standard of excellence? Me, Fighting Irish Faithful Podcast standards and that is excellence, and that is winning games of consequence. That hasn't happened. It hasn't happened since 2012. All right, moving on. Second toast of the night, Kyrene Williams. There is no doubt he is our number one running back. Two touchdowns run, rushing, 112 yards, 93 passing yards. Uh, granted, one of them was like a another Ian Book chess pass or whatever, you know, just a little whoop, drop over the top and he had amazing yard run it's basically a run sports illustrated named kyrene williams the running back of the week so that's awesome so to kyrene williams keep it up buddy cheers to you second toast so a lot of people are freaking out over notre dame's response to the game but i started comparing notre dame's numbers i looked at the box score look at the overall team performance and honestly it doesn't look that bad We won by 14 points. We scored 27 versus their 13. We had 42 rushing plays versus their 30. We had less passing. So we had uh, more plays. We had six more plays. And we had a 57% run percentage versus Duke's 44. We had 178 yards versus their 73 averaging 4.2 yards per carry versus Duke's 2.4. Passing yards, 263 versus Duke's 259, so about even there. But over 100 yards more, and those yards came from rushing. And that is the recipe for success. Our completion percentage wasn't great. It was in 61%, certainly not what we're looking for in Ian Book you know chalk it up to the receivers but there were a few passes he could have done better let's let's face it but i wanted to compare notre dame stats to past national champion averages all right the national champion averages 41 points a game all right their opponent averages 15.7 no we did not score 41 or 42 points even though we probably should have over duke however we held duke to 13 points the national champion average Holds their opponents to 15.7 points. Run percentage, we're only 3% off. Honestly, if we just had five more rushes to Chris Tyree or one of the other guys in the fourth quarter and not pass as much, hey, we'd be at that 60%. Rushing yards, we had 178 rushing yards in this last game. The national champion averages 166, so above that. And national champion averages 105 yards rushing for their opponent, Duke was held to 73. So Clark Lee continues to to be the guy. He is the man. Pay him whatever he wants. Do not let him leave Notre Dame unless he really wants to, but really let's pay him. Let's keep him there. He is one of he is our best coordinator by far. Passing yards, we're a lot of, about on par with what the national champion average does. National champions throw for 279 yards. We threw for 263. The their opponent is 222. Duke passed for 259. But that's not surprising for Duke. Total yards were a little shy, about 40 yards shy of the national champion. National champion averages 487 yards. We had 441. The opponent was a little high for Duke. They had 332. National champion average opponents have 290 yards so at the end of the day we had pretty good numbers some of those exceed the national champion some are just below and not so bad for the first game of the year because that's really what matters one final thing for defense because defense wins championships the national champion averages 2.8 sacks per game and 7.3 tackles per loss round that out that's three and seven Notre Dame had exactly three sacks and seven tackles for loss. Mic drop. I have one minor rant this week. Um, I don't know if this is going to be a tradition. I don't don't think I go on too much of a rant. Sometimes uh, the whole podcast seems to be a rant. But why is Notre Dame spread out doing the alma mater? Did anyone else watching that on TV, or maybe you're a student and you were watching it live, Did you think that was weird? Like, okay, I I get it, right? There's coronavirus. They want to minimize contact tracing. They do not want to have something like the alma mater potentially lead to some sort of coronavirus outbreak. Okay, I I get that. Respect, understand. However, here's the problem. On the sideline, the players are shoulder to shoulder. They're in a huddle. They're 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 interacting obviously with the other team. They're tackling them, all that. Okay, I get that. But then, right after the alma mater, they're all spread out. They're swaying by themselves. They looked awkward as shit. But then they walk into the tunnel, crowded as hell, and NBC broadcasts this. But then they they cut over to Brian Kelly or Ian Book or whoever it was, and they're like one fathom apart, uh look that up what one fathom actually is where I think we're going to use the unit of measure of fathoms rather than yards Uh, maybe we'll do that next week since south florida should be a blowout but they're literally not more they're definitely closer than a fathom apart as they walk through the tunnel and up that narrow staircase into the locker room so that's my rant why are they spread out during the alma mater you know I get it but it just looks silly you do that and then you crowd together as you walk through the tunnel it's just silly all right, so this week's stat piece, um, since everyone was all over themselves on Twitter about how Notre Dame did versus Duke this week, I figured I would look at Brian Kelly's past home openers. So this is Brian Kelly's 11th season. His best home opener should be, no surprise, it's in 2012 when Notre Dame beat Navy 50-10. to 10. They scored 50 points that year. Brian Kelly's worst home opener was 2011, South Florida, and we only scored 20 points. There are two other games that we scored less. Purdue in 2010, 23 points, and Michigan 2018, 24 points. This defensive stand by Notre Dame this past week, we held Duke to 13 points, it is Notre Dame's fifth best scoring margin for their opponent. So what does that mean? In 2015, they held Texas to 3 points. In 2013, they held Temple to 6 points. In 2012, Navy 10 points. 2010, Purdue 12 points. 2020, Duke 13 points. There are multiple games 17, 17, 16, 50 yeah, Texas scored fifteen points on us in twenty sixteen. All right. So at the end of the day, we won by fourteen points. It's not the greatest. It's also not the worst. It's in the middle. Is there some sort of trend? Is there a trend between how Notre Dame finishes at the end of the season, eight and five, eight and five, twelve and one, eight and five, eight and five, ten and three, so on and so forth, versus how they score. I went up and down today trying to find some sort of comparison, connection between our score, the opponent's score, the margin of victory, the season result, da-da-da-da-da. At the end of the day, there is no conclusion. There is no trend. It is the first game of the year. We don't know how good Duke's gonna be. We don't know how good we're gonna be. We don't know how bad Duke's gonna be. Yes, everyone's comparing ourselves to Clemson. We don't know how good they are. They're probably awesome, but they're not gonna We don't know. We honestly don't know. Does Wake suck? They probably do, but maybe they're better this year. We honestly do not know. There is no conclusion I could come up with how Notre Dame performs in game one to the rest of the season. There is no trend here. There is nothing here. We scored 47 points in 2016. Granted, we lost. There's no connection to that. We allowed, maybe it's an opponent thing, right? Maybe we're going to have a great season. I honestly don't know. but there's been years where we've held an opponent to three or six points and we've gone eight and five. All right. So, so there's no conclusion. There's no trend. There's no consistency here. It's the first game of the year. There is nothing you can conclude about the season from this game. Take this game for what it is. Take it as a win in the win column and be done with it. Move on. Yes, there are things we can improve on, and that's what film is for. That's what practice is for. Just do that. All right, so Notre Dame will be playing South Florida this week. South Florida is also 1-0. Their head coach is Jeff Scott. Does anyone know the history of Jeff Scott? Well, of course you don't know. That's why you come here to this podcast. Jeff Scott was a coordinator at Clemson University for many years. He has two rings assisting Dabo Sweeney. Now, granted, South Florida went 4-8 and eight last year under Charlie Strong, but uh, he was clearly fired. But now South Florida is 1-0, and, and they beat last week Powerhouse from South Carolina – Citadel. Citadel runs a uh, very run heavy offense and um, that is pretty much it. So South Florida has a four-year recruiting average of 81 versus Notre Dame's 13 and uh, Jeff Scott's never been a head coach so he's got a career winning percentage of 100% uh, within his first game. Um, granted I think I could coach South Florida and have them beat Citadel I, I don't think it's going to be that hard so um, hey there you go so there's really nothing you can conclude from this first game I mean if you look at the numbers and you compare Notre Dame's 13 points versus South Florida's on scoring defense right South Florida is ranked seventh in the country right now versus Notre Dame ranked tenth. Like, wow, we look amazing. We're both top ten. No, it is is. I mean, honestly, the Big Ten hasn't started playing. The SEC hasn't started playing. right? they played a garbage team. I mean, no offense to Citadel, respect to Citadel, but you don't have good talent, right? Um, there's really nothing you can conclude from here. Uh, we we need more data. We need we need more data points to. Uh, make any sort of conclusion. Notre Dame is a 25.5 point favorite in this game. Uh, it should be no question that Notre Dame's going to kick ass dominate. Um, I was telling people at work today uh, while amping up and self promoting this podcast that they should score over 30 points, they should win by over 30. The last time I made such a bold prediction was in 2014, right after Notre Dame beat Michigan 37 to zero. I said we would beat Purdue by 40 points, and the score would be 50 to 10. That clearly didn't happen, but uh, so I hope I'm not wrong again. Um, I really want Notre Dame to win. I really think that this was a wake-up call that some of the underperforming by Ian Book. Let, let's face it. We're supposed to get Brayden Lindsay back this week. Uh, we should do well. Defense, you're awesome. Uh Jer- Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa, keep it up. You are the man. You need to be a household name. Uh you are awesome. Keep it up. Bo Bauer, I want to see you rip someone's head off in a in a very Catholic Christian way. So yeah, if you wanna if you wanna amp up for this game this week, uh since South Florida's mascot is the Bulls. Uh, you should probably be watching some rodeo, saying a little bit more "yeehaw" and "y'all." Maybe, uh, maybe you do some bullfighting. I know it's a little gruesome, but hey, do some bullfighting. Uh, dress up as a matador. Got a costume of matador. Eat some tapas. Go to Spain. I don't know. <laughs> Let's beat South Florida. There's no reason why we shouldn't mop the floor with them. All right, a win is a win. We got a 14-point victory this week take that that's two touchdowns is very comfortable margin of victory you know we i would rather have our team start off slow kind of feel the game out feel out opponent get a little bit of a chess match going on and then wear them down and dominate and score a lot at the end of the game not because we're mounting a comeback but because because we have figured out how to exert our will clemson did that to us in the playoffs in 2018. There's no reason why we can't do that going forward against any team. I don't care who, if it's South Florida. I don't care if it's Clemson. I don't care if it's Alabama. Exert your will as the game progresses and leave no doubt in the fourth quarter that we will win. The opposite, you do not want to start off great, look awesome, but then get laxadaisical as the game goes on. And then your opponent, you give them hope, and then they mount a, a fourth-quarter comeback. That was 2016. So at the end of the day, we do not know enough about this team. After one game, it's one data point. We'll see. We will know more about this team as we progress, as we play South Florida. Duke may be good. Maybe Notre Dame is average. I honestly don't know. A win is a win. As more games go on, we will know more about our team, we will be we will know more about our ACC schedule. Damn, that feels good to say that we are in the ACC. It is pretty awesome. Go back to episode 1 if you want to hear more about my opinion about Notre Dame in the ACC. That is it everybody. Thank you very much for joining me this week. But Notre Dame is 1-0. We're kicking ass. Uh, and taking names Uh, we got one name it's called the blue devils and uh, we're looking for the bulls next thank you very much you can follow me on Twitter at faithful underscore Irish, the YouTube channel Fighting Irish Faithful. Go to anchor.fm, Spotify, iTunes, all of that. Just search Fighting Irish Faithful. I come right up. Leave some comments. Leave give a, give me a rating. No no one is giving me a rating on iTunes. Come on, people. Alright. Am I not drinking the right scotch you want? Alright, maybe you hate scotch, right? Say vodka is better. I don't know. You know what? Hey, anyone in Russia got some Russian vodka? Whatever, right? Anyone in Texas, some Texas Tito's vodka? Whatever. Thank you, everyone. I'm getting rambly. I'm two scotches in. Here we go. (laughs) Have a great week. And uh, shlante. Go Irish!